Welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, the show for young Christian business guys about young Christian business guys. We talk sports, we talk business, but most importantly, we talk about Jesus. Today is January 14th. I am John Harrison, your host, and as a community, we are unapologetically Christian, unapologetically business guys, and unapologetically open and vulnerable about our lives, the challenges that we face, and the faith in the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We believe in spiritual mentorship, aka discipleship, learning what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus from another man. And we believe in the power of peer groups, surrounding yourself with others that are growing in their faith that can help you grow into the man that God designed you to be. So today, January 14th, uh, kicking off the new year, two weeks into 2021, we have a little bit of a different guest today. Um, but as I was kind of praying about who's the next guy to get on this show, the Lord put this guy on my heart. I can't wait to have him on. Um, we're going to talk about some super powerful spiritual disciplines, but also talk about maybe a business organization that we don't always think of as an organization. So without further ado, welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, Tony Calabrese. Tony, welcome, buddy. It's good to be here, John. Yeah, it's great, man. It's funny to think about. I, I'll just give a little bit of background, you know, of you and I and, and how we met. But before I jump yeah. into that, uh, you are in uh, Nashville, a little south of Nashville, Nolensville area. Yep. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Man, it's good to be on. It's good to be on and uh, excited to be with you today and uh, and jump in. It's going to be yeah. good. I don't know why, but ever since the first time I met Tony, I just want to call him Tony. Like, hey, yeah. like, like Tony, Italian, <laughs> hey, Tony Calabrese, That's you know, right. those who are listening on the audio platforms right now, um, he, he's very six foot four, uh, looks Italian to me. I don't know if you are, but oh yeah, so, fill us in, man. Yeah. Family, well, first of all, first journey. of all, I'm definitely, I'm definitely Italian. So yeah. I'm, I'm in the mafia and I know a couple of people, but, yeah. uh, um, yeah, I, um, we live, uh, like you said, we live in, in Nolensville. We moved here, um, in 2018, uh, my wife and I, Kim, um, will be married uh, in May. Uh, it'll be 12 years in May. Uh, we've got four kiddos, two boys, two girls, 10, 8, 6, and 3. And um, yeah, born and raised in Chicago. All things Chicago sports, Bulls, Bears, Cubs, Blackhawks. Um, and I do love deep dish pizza. So. So you kind of fit the classic Chicago mold. I'm a classic uh, Chicago guy, man. Yeah, yep. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And kids. Yeah. Uh, Jace and Kai are two girls. They're the oldest. And then uh, the two youngest, Blaze and Tribe. Um, man, love, love our family, love our kiddos. And um, they're a ton of fun. Never a dull moment. Uh, but our hearts are hearts are definitely full. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a joy, man. That's awesome. So you you moved to Nashville area from Michigan, originally yep. from Chicago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wish I had like a, a news alert, like ding, 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 breaking <laughs> news, first time ever. This is the first time ever that we're actually having, I would say, a pastor on the show as a guest. And yeah. I thought, um, you know, I've been, when I was thinking about planning this show and launching this show, we're now in our I think, 57th episode. You know, I wanted to keep it business, guys. Uh, but I've met you, gotten to know you. And as I think about the church as a whole, and as I've spent time with the nonprofit that I work for, it's like the church sometimes obviously is the body of Christ, uh, but it's an organization, you know, it's built yeah. on 
leading people, attracting people, uh, motivating <laughs> volunteers, leading staff members, um, mm -hmm. finances, you know, managing real estate, um, managing yeah. production. I mean, there's a lot that goes into being at the helm of a church especially in 2021, you know, we mm -hmm. have this concept of a lead pastor being a CEO and a, a, a shepherd, so many different roles. So I want to jump into that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we met uh, just briefly a couple months ago now, mm -hmm. uh, almost a month and a half ago. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Likewise. The other thing I want to jump in right away to is a spiritual discipline that we don't like to talk about a lot because I think it's misunderstood. But yeah. as we go into 2021, I know that you're participating in right now mm -hmm. fasting yep and it's become this buzzword in in 2020 2021 you know intermittent fasting and really being a health conscious focus thing that can have mm -hmm. a lot of benefits but i want to focus on the spiritual side today so let's jump yeah. right in maybe talk about your background a little bit around fasting and let's just let's just dig in man yeah well uh for for my wife and i for our family personally probably about um Probably about six years ago, we uh, probably seven years ago now, we started and began every year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, you know, prior to that, personally, um, I would do, you know, two or three day fasts, uh, anywhere from doing the Daniel fast, where it's no meats, no sweets, and more of a restricted diet, to um, a comfort fast, you know, fasting screens, social media entertainment. Um, but when we uh, came on staff at a church in, in Michigan. Um, it was a very hyper-focused, consecrated time that they really just kind of gave to the Lord and they began the year 20 days of prayer and fasting. And it was a powerful thing for us corporately as a church. I mean, when you have, you know, a congregation of people who are running in the same direction, unified, uh, running after God, God moves and, and incredible things happens, happens corporately. But we found that, man, something happens personally as well in us, uh, you just begin to lean into God and, and to believe Him for whatever um, you're you're contending for in that season. And so, the past seven years, my wife and I have um, always have entered twenty or entered the year. And obviously, twenty twenty one, we're doing that right now. We're in the middle of it. Actually, we just began it uh, this past week. But we just do twenty one days of prayer and fasting, and we will usually come with something that we really want to lay before the Lord, something we want to lean into Him for. Uh, maybe there's something um, that we need breakthrough for, we need provision for. Uh, you know, there's been moments where we had to make some decisions for our family and we just weren't sure. And so we ended that year and say, hey, let's let's lay this before the Lord and let's just really hear his heart on what he has for us. And so uh, we prayed and it was either in the middle of that fast or coming out of that fast, God really revealed some pretty uh, pretty radical things to us in a very clear way where we just got the clarity that we needed to um and so yeah we we do that um we've done that we're doing that as a church right now um that's how we begin every year as a church 21 days of prayer and fasting and so yeah god always moves in a powerful way during uh during this time so let's take a step back like what is sure. what is the basics of fasting like what yes. is the premise what is what's it all about yeah so fasting you know first of all it's a it's a spiritual discipline uh, that we see in the bible uh, jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights moses did elijah did um you know david fasted um paul did a number of fasts and so it's definitely something that we see um biblically we also see it historically any man or woman that shook the world for god were men and women who gave themselves to prayer and fasting and, and biblically speaking really simply um, biblically speaking, fasting is is abstaining from food 
for spiritual purposes. Uh, the heart of fasting is saying, God, less of me and more of you. And it's it's a willful um, and, and voluntary giving up of, of food or things that are pleasurable to our to our flesh in order to seek God more intentionally, to hear his voice more clearly. And although it pr primarily involves food, um, you know, it's not just restricted to food. Like I said, there's different ways that you can do that to say no to some things, whether it be sweets or coffee, um, you know, entertainment, things like that. Mm. Yeah, you talk about so it's the process of abstaining from something yep. that really allows we're gonna we're gonna minimize our physical mm -hmm. to hopefully maximize our spiritual awareness. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly uh, it. Yeah. So yeah. we often see, you know, this this concept of fasting has been talked about, like I mentioned, as a health craze, mm -hmm. as a way to be healthy for your body. You know, your body can get into you know, autophagy where it's actually cleaning itself. Its cells are actually taking, you know, killing out all your old dead cells. And so there's a lot of science we could talk about, but yeah. you know, in the Bible, it's accompanied a lot of fasting and praying, mm -hmm. fasting and praying. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, whenever you see um, God's people being called to a fast, um, like we see in Isaiah, or we see Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Fasting is never something that's, it's never a standalone. Fasting is always partnered with prayer. And I say this, man, if you enter into a, a spiritual fast and you don't pray, it's going to be miserable. Uh, you know, fasting minus, uh, minus prayer is just misery. Um, but when you part to, partner those two things together, uh, man, it's just like putting rocket fuel or increasing a higher octane in, in your, your spiritual engine, so to speak. But it's always partnered uh, together uh, when you're praying and, and when you're fasting. And that's the that's just the biblical blueprint of, of fasting and praying. And there's just some things that prayer and fasting together that praying doesn't do alone or fasting doesn't do alone. But those two things wedded and partnered together. Um, we just see breakthrough come um, and so much fruit come out of that fast um, or that you know, season. People, yeah, that's so good. Fasting and praying there, they come hand in hand, the biblical mm -hmm. blueprint. And so, you know, when we think about, at least when I've read about fasting for health perspectives, right, you get, you know, three or four key bullet points of, hey, here's the benefit, right? Yeah. You're going to get this, 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 and this, right? These are the desired mm -hmm. outcomes. Um, from How about from fasting on the spiritual side of things? What are some of those bullet points that you would say are the outcomes? Yeah. Uh, fasting? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, the, again, these are things that we see um, in scriptures. I think there's a part of this too, for me, that I've seen this personally in, in my life. Um, but But I think, especially talking to, to, to business guys um, who, are, who are in pursuit after Jesus. Number one, I think most importantly, uh, fasting sh sharpens the ax. Um, you know, especially when you're coming out of a season like 2020, where um, you've encountered some things, uh, you fought some hard, long battles, you're in the trenches, uh, just trying to fight for your family, trying to fight for your finances, trying to fight for your faith, whatever that might look like. Um, we have a tendency where things can kind of get dull. And if you ever um, have done any woodworking or you've, you've actually swung an ax, it's actually really hard and dangerous to cut wood with a, with a dull ax. Um, and there's a verse in, in Ecclesiastes where, where Solomon talks about um, that if, you're, if the, the edge, edge of the ax is dull, you're operating out of your own strength. You have to use more strength. And so what sharpening does, it's sharpening 
Um, if, if you've lost your edge as a believer, if you've lost your edge and maybe you lack vision, whatever it might be, fasting kind of gives you your edge back. Um, it gives you your passion back. You can accomplish God's will for your life and and, and maybe re, re-enter uh, God's heart for your life when, when you do that. You know, Jesus, um, when he was fasting, I mean, he he hadn't done a miracle yet. He hadn't casted out a demon. He hadn't preached to uh, to the masses yet. He haven't. He didn't even choose his dream team yet. But he came out of his baptism and entered the wilderness for forty days and forty nights. And well, what was happening? He was preparing for three and a half years of ministry, and his edge was being sharpened. And the Bible says that he came out of that time of prayer and fasting and the power of the Spirit of God. And so fasting uh, sharpens the axe, especially if your faith has grown cold, if it's grown dry. Um, it, it sharpens the axe. Another thing fasting does, um, it, it, it just tunes the frequency to hear the voice of God more clearly because you are t- tuning out all the other frequencies of the world and your flesh where you're dialing in the voice of God to hear him on a completely different wavelength. Uh, fasting also, also breaks the bond. It's, it's the, the fast that the Lord decrees. You can see that um, in the scriptures. And I think it's Isaiah 56 or Isaiah 50. It, it, it breaks the bonds of um, of the things in our life that really kind of gets us down, uh, that really uh, cl- where we start to cling to our flesh and cling to the world. And it allows us to break away from the things that we pick up um, because ultimately heaven is our home. And sometimes we get enmeshed in the world and what the world wants. And we break free from those things once again to just have Jesus be the central and the, the center and the circumference of our life. And I think fasting reconnects us to the power of God. Um, again, not not operating in our own strength, but it reconnects us into a supernatural source, which is Jesus. So uh, those are some of the things that I think fasting uh, from a biblical standpoint, even personally does does for us. So good. Sharpens the axe. I love that. Yeah. You know, what is it? We always, we quote it all the time of iron, iron sharpening iron. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and, and I know people have heard this, this, you know, comment and quote before, but you know, if you had, you know, five hours to cut down a tree, you'd spend four of them sharpening the ax, if you know mm-hmm. what you were doing, right? And so mm-hmm. I just love that. And then it talks about tuning the frequency to be able to hear the voice of God more clearly and, yeah. and it breaks the bonds. Mm. And I, I know in my journey, I've been in bondage uh, in so many different ways and just feeling, having those, those bonds broken is so good and then reconnects yeah. us into the power of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And as, as uh, I just encourage the listeners of this show, if you've uh, number one, have never fasted before, uh, that's okay. It's something, something new. I'd encourage you to, you know, take a look at some different ways to get into the prayer and fasting. Um, Tony mentioned whether you're abstaining from food or maybe you're abstaining from comfort, um, everything that we kind of get comfort to, whether, you know, screens or social media or uh, Netflix or different things like that. Um, I think that would be a very valuable thing for guys to do. I know it's been valuable in my life. So I appreciate that. So I want to shift gears a little bit. Something that's fascinating me as I work for an awesome uh, ministry organization is, you know, it's an organization, right? We think about business and we think about church. We don't always think about the two together. Um, Mm I'm not saying that the church is necessarily a business. I'll, I'll take that off the table right away. But I think there are some components that overlap where an effective church 
there's a lot of similarities between an effective business, I think, you know, as far as motivating people, inspiring people, having a healthy, vibrant culture, having leadership um, that's encouraging people, helping people grow and develop, um, being a value add to people in their life, coordinating worship teams, volunteers, different people. So I want to talk about, man, what has your experience been working in a church? And now as you've been tasked with leading a church and starting a church, you know, just like a startup business, you're in a startup church mode. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about your journey, man, and what you see from that perspective. Yeah. You know, this has been, um, you know, being in ministry for, for 16 years, I've always been, um, you know, I've always served in the church as a, as a pastor, um, just as my, you know, my vocation, my calling, my profession. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to serve on, um, on three other churches, great churches, um, and just being on the other side of the table, just being a part of, of an organization. Um, I, f- I feel like there's, there's, t- it's two wings of, of one plane and you, and you kind of need both. And, you know, there's obviously the spiritual side of it. You know, the church is a living organism. It's something that's God breathed that he, um, you know, that was his idea and his dream. Uh, but then there's the, the stewardship side of that dream, the stewardship side of that spiritual entity called the church. And I think that's where the organizational side of it comes in. And um, if you don't have the organizational side of church, and I, I know that there's maybe that dichotomy. And, and like you said, John, it's there's the, the quote unquote business side of it. You can just change that word with the organization side of it, because I think organization um, is just I think you can just also substitute the word stewardship. You have to steward the spiritual entity that God's given you. And I think that there's some practices that you can borrow and use and you can redeem or, or you know, recycle on the business side of church. And so I've been I've been on, on, on both sides now, now being a lead pastor. And I can tell you right now, more than ever, uh, both the, the spiritual stewardship side of it and then stewarding, just organizing a church and, and doing articles of incorporation and doing everything that you would need to, to, to start a business and maintain it and sustain it. Um, man, I have put more investment in both those things than I ever have before in any time of me being in ministry because both are so vital. And so, you know, I've, I've learned, uh, from, for myself that I have to be very, very balanced because for me, being a pastor, I can lean really heavily on the spiritual side of it, but I have to remind myself as the, the CEO, like, like you said, um, I have to steward, um, this entity. And there's a, there's a different kind of pressure that, that comes with that. But man, I've been stretched and I've, I've grown so much in the midst of that. And we can maybe get into some of the, some of the brass tacks, but I think on the, on the, the stewardship side of things, I'm really learning a lot in this season from an organization side of it is that, and I think Peter Drucker said it, but culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, and we're at a, we're at a time right now in, in our church and our organization that we're still setting the foundation stone of, of the culture of who we are as an organization, what we value, what matters for us, what are the wins for us, how do we define success, um, what matters to us, what makes us distinct. Um, you know, just like every business has a certain brand, what's going to make our church, Radiant Church, distinct? Um, not to set ourselves apart from other churches, but we have a unique role that God's called us in this time to to serve. And so, culture and and, and strategy and values is something 
that um, that I'm really leaning into in, into the season. I just got out of a board meeting just a couple of days ago where I have a board of directors where we're looking at um, finances and this is what we have to work with and, and what are we going to do to create space in certain areas. And so uh, I'm learning a lot um, about that as well. And so, yeah, I don't know if you have any particular questions based off of no, that's, some that's of those really things. good. I just yeah. it's 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 so often we we forget you know, that, that when you, someone's, you know, building a startup company versus maybe a startup church, I just, mm -hmm. it's just fascinating to me to think about the different things that maybe overlap and motivating yeah. people and being a leader. And yep. so speaking of that, yep. um, I have quite a few books on my bookshelf. I haven't read them all. Mm -hmm. um, and I went, went into your office and I think you had like 12 times more books. Um, I've never seen as many books. Like you kind of have your own literal personal library there. I might get my own library called Tony Keller's A lending out. library. Yeah, a lending library. That's right. You know, if you put one of those out on your street, you know, you see those little houses at the end of the street, you know, yep. you're going to need like a huge shed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, how about quick book recommendation for maybe a leadership book? Uh, that's been impactful in your life, that's maybe helped you in your journey, or really when you think about, man, this book was super helpful for me. Do you have a, a thought on that? Oh man, there's a there's a lot of um, leadership books. I think um, I think there's a book called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. Um, that's an incredible book. Um, there's a couple of books. Um, uh, Patrick Lencioni has probably been one that I've really leaned into, um, over the years. Um, I think five dysfunctions of a team has been huge. Um, that was a, that was a key book that I read even before, um, before I got into, into ministry. That was, a, that was a huge one for me. Um, Gosh, what are the, I'm to think of some, some other books that, that were, were more busy, but I think Patrick Lencioni has probably been, been an author that I've really, really leaned into. Um, I think, again, he really helped uh, from a, a cultural standpoint, uh, how important culture is. Um, and so I, I'd probably say uh, everything by Patrick Lencioni has been huge. Uh, there's a book by, uh, I think, called Drive um, by, uh, I think it was Daniel Pink um, on motivation and drive. Um, that maybe isn't so much business, but those are probably, probably, probably the two I'd probably lean into the most, awesome. uh, from Appreciate a business, business side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you looking to add to your libraries or starting off the year with all your ambitious reading goals, yeah. um, we can go ahead and add those to it. So There's one other book. Let me, let me throw out two. I, I was trying to think of the, the, I just recently read it. Uh, it's called the motive that's by Patrick Lencioni. Mm. Um, and that would probably be, that was, I think for me, and I think if I recall in that book, Lencioni had mentioned that of all the books that he's written on organizational leadership, um, that was the, this is probably his most recent book, but he would actually recommend that book first to any leader. Um, because if you don't have your why, right, if you don't have the motive, right, you'll be operating out of a false motive. He talked about being um, a self-centered leader, um, a self-focused leader versus being a selfless leader. And, um, I think for any, anyone that's in business, anyone that, that wants to do anything great, um, in the kingdom of God, in the world or in the marketplace, that's a great book. But the motive by Patrick Lencioni, um, is a short read, easy read. Um, but man, that really, really challenged me in the season, just now being a kind of a, a lead pastor, a CEO, the leader of an organization is what are, what are my motives and why am I really doing what I'm doing? Why did I get into, 
um, pastoring and why did I get into to being a, a lead guy? So. so that's the motive by Patrick Lencioni. You yeah. Strengthening the soul of your leadership. You talked mm-hmm. about drive by Daniel Pink. So some mm-hmm. recommendations there. So I want to ask you now. So here at uh, the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, we believe in the power of discipleship mm. and the power of peer groups. Yeah. Spending time in one-on-one and in a small group community. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk about what role either of those have played in your own spiritual journey and the impact that they've had on you? I would not be where I'm at today. Um, I wouldn't be the leader, the pastor, um, man, just the the man after God that I continue to try to uh, be more passionate for, uh, the the husband and the the father I am today. Uh, I recall a time right after I had graduated, right I was getting ready to graduate college and go into ministry full time. Uh, there was this um, this discipleship group um, was called Live Two Six. First uh, John Two Six says, "Whoever claims to live in Him shall walk as Jesus walked." And for two and a half years, this was a discipleship group that um, went down, um, at a very granular level to study the life of Christ, not just the message of Jesus, not just the methods of Jesus, but Jesus as our model for life and ministry. And it was a group of, uh, 16, 17, um, businessmen and pastors that would get together two or three times a year. They were in, in different States, but we would gather three times a year and we would gather for, for, intensive weekends, but we would have these materials where we would look at the life of Jesus. Um, and we would say, man, if Jesus is our model for life and ministry, why did Jesus do what he did? When did he do it? Um, where did he do it strategically? And so um, if Jesus is, is, if we're to claim to walk as Jesus walked, then we should look at every area of his life. And that shaped my Christology, that shaped my theology, but man, that really shaped my heart as a disciple who's, who's learning. A disciple is, you know, obviously a follower after Jesus. It's a learner of Jesus. And I think that really kind of set the bar for me as far as what, what discipleship looks like. And so um, we gathered in these two, six groups. But the thing about that is that the, the, um, the agreement was that after two and a half years that we would begin to, to reproduce ourselves into other men and other, other people in our churches, specifically for me being a pastor. And so um, I took that mandate very seriously, and and I've been on on both sides of that, and it it shaped it shaped my life um, in a in a powerful way, and um, you know that's how I you know we want to, we're a discipleship church, Radiant is, and um, I'm a discipleship guy, and and I I want to be able to to reproduce uh, not just my content, but I want to reproduce my life into somebody else, and so that they would do the same thing, and so yeah. Um, that was a powerful, powerful time. The guy that was kind of our rabbi discipler was a guy that had his doctorate in the life of Christ. Um, but man, he was someone who I never met someone who was so in love with Jesus. Um, and, um, it was incredible. Yeah. You talked about, you talk about not just the message, not just the methods, but actually the model. Yeah. That was fascinating. So thanks for sharing Mm -hmm. your heart there. So Tony, I want to, before we jump into our verse of the day and wrap things up here, um, I want you to think back to younger Donnie, younger guy. Okay. Yeah. Back 10, 12 years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. You across the table from your younger self. Uh, you know, what's something that you would tell your younger self? Hmm. Um, I would tell myself that, um, don't take yourself so serious 
and God's not in a hurry. Mm. Don't take yourself so serious. Yeah. And God is not in a hurry. Yep. Yeah. I feel like as I've gotten older um, and as I've entered into different seasons of, of life and ministry, I think that there's this pressure to, to maybe steward well or this pressure to perform or this, this pressure to maybe do it big. Um, and I think if you're ambitious and I know, you know, the guys that are probably listening are, are probably, some of us are cut from the same cloth where we're, um, you know, there's, there's a passion and a drive and a fervency and, and we're futuristic and we're, we're go-getters and we're, we have a, a, a high vision. I think for me, I've, um, I, I've just gotten more serious and, and, and man, I got, I got to make this happen. I got to really focus in and I, I have to forget that I'm, I'm, I'm also human. Um, and that, that God's spirit is, is alive and, and in me, and there should be joy for the journey. Um, and I think sometimes I, I, I've, I've learned that I've just taken myself very, taken myself very serious and almost there's a fear of failure that comes with that. And then the, all, the other side of it is that, that God's not in a hurry. I think we underestimate, we overestimate what God can do in, in a year or in a short season. And we underestimate what God can do in 10 years. And um, if, if you're in business, if you're in, in, in leadership, um, you know, we, we, we tend to start with the end in mind, but we want to see that come to fruition after one year or two years or three years. And um, this is a journey and, and, and God's a, God's a, God's a God of process. And, and very rarely is he on our, on our timeline, but we're on his. And so um, he's not in a hurry to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in and through your life. Such good words. Such good reminder. Yeah. And that's almost like one of those affirmations that you tape, you know, to your mirror. And maybe I'm just talking to myself now, but, you know, don't mm. take yourself so seriously today, John. And <laughs> yeah. In a hurry, John. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know, it's what is it? Psalm 9010 or Psalm 9012 says, uh, teach us to number our days so that me we, we may have a heart of wisdom. That's good. Right. So when you understand your average life expectancy, 27,400 days, right? We need to, we need to balance this fact of a sense of urgency, but also understand the fact that God's purposes, he's maybe not in a hurry in some things. So yeah, good word there, Tony. Yeah. Uh, as we bring up the verse of the day, um, mm -hmm. that, uh, I really enjoy that. I'm excited about Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. It says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Mm -hmm. What's this verse mean to you, Tony? Man, I, I think all of us are seeds that are planted in some kind of soil. Our lives are, our ministries are, even our, our business pursuits. And um, I love that uh, that when the heat comes and and when uh, when certain seasons of life come in our in our in our everyday life, that last part it does not cease to bear fruit. And Jesus says, "Apart from me, you can do nothing." And man, as long as we're connected to the soil of Jesus and we seek first his kingdom, that means we're rooted in really good soil, which means in every season there will be blessing and provision. Um, and I'm just reminded in that scripture, what that scripture means to me is that in and out of every season uh, to be rooted in the soil of the kingdom of God, in his word, in his, in his presence and amongst his people.
Amen. It says it does not fear when heat comes. Come on. Leaves are always green. Always. Always. Yeah. There's no worries in a year of drought. Yeah. I know I'm guilty of worrying in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. So if we go back up to the the verse seven there to close it out, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Yeah. I love that. Well, Tony, yep. thanks so much for coming on today. Uh, yeah. On you and your wife and the church plan and everything you have going on and your family. And thanks for sharing your heart. You shared some great things and excited for what's ahead. The best is yet to come, my friend. Amen. Well, thanks for having me on today. Love you. Uh, love what you're doing. Love this platform. And uh, just pray that God continues to expand your tent pegs. <laughs> Amen, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, bud. <clears throat> Man, what a joy to have Tony on. And as we kind of recap the time that we spent together, um, he just had some words, probably knowing our father in heaven, he had some words that were just pointed directly for me. You know, he talks about, he ended with, what would he tell his younger self? I thought this was so good, was the fact that God's not in a hurry and don't take yourself so seriously. You know, we take ourselves so seriously for the businesses we want to build, the ventures we want to do, the tasks we have to complete. Um, But when we can can relax and understand that God is not in a hurry. Um, Let's go back to that spiritual discipline we talked about at the front end for 10 or 15 minutes. Fasting. Fasting. Abstaining from food for spiritual purposes, but also abstaining from things of comfort. What's something that you could fast? Maybe for a day, maybe for a week maybe for 21 days. Uh, Maybe you integrate food fast with comfort fast. But Tony talked about fasting. It really can do four things. It can sharpen the ax. And he challenged us to say, you know, is your edge dull? Is your edge dull right now in life? Are you maybe going through the motions? Uh, You know, he talked about this fasting will sharpen the ax. He talks about it tunes the frequency to hear what God wants to communicate to us a little more clearly. So when we can maybe put down some of those physical aspects, some of those physical comforts, we can tune into a frequency a little bit more clearly. I love that word picture. He talks about breaking the bonds of the things that get us down. So good. And finally, reconnects us to the power of God. I think about just a plug getting reconnected into the socket. Um, So I encourage you as you go into 2021, as you're planning your goals and we're having this new refresh and restart with this new year ahead. I love the new year. There's so much possibility. We we wrangle in some of our bad habits, um, whether it's nutritionally or physically or emotionally. And we think about how can we be, you know, the best versions of ourselves this year as possible. I encourage you to integrate fasting and prayer into your routine. Maybe it's a day once a month. Maybe it's a couple days once a quarter. But the benefits, I believe, are going to far outweigh the challenge that exists there. Then we talked a little bit about this concept of, of a plane and the two wings of leading an organization, right? You have the spiritual side of leading a church and you have the, the stewardship side. And I think when you apply that to business, that's pretty realistic as well. The businesses that you're running, the business you're involved in, right? You have the, the one side of it. What's the spiritual aspect of, of the business, right? As we're called to be marketplace missionaries and we're called to be marketplace uh, ministers, you know, how are we stewarding the influence that God has granted us? And he talked about some book recommendations for you bookworms out there. Drive by Daniel Pink, um, The Motive uh, by Patrick Lencioni, some other books by Patrick Lencioni. And he talked about strengthening the soul of your leadership. Uh, and then we closed with Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Just a verse I encourage you to meditate on. 
when you have confidence in the Lord, when you trust in the Lord, what are those outcomes? You're not going to fear when the heat's going to come. You are going to uh, not have a worry in a year of drought. Your fruit, your, your, your leaves are always going to be green. I know right now where I am, the trees do not have green leaves and I miss them. And finally, you, um, you know, at, at the end there, um, we just closed with the fact that I got to pull it up. It's too good. I, I got to pull it up. Never fail to bear fruit. We never fail to bear fruit. So Tony touched on his journey of discipleship. He talked about first John two, six, and he talked about the group of men that he did discipleship curriculum with and just the impact and the ripple effect that that has had on his life and all areas of his life. So if you're interested in getting connected to a discipleship relationship, either one-on-one or a group of guys to do life with, please visit ycbguy.com. Y as in young, C as in Christian, B as in business guy, G-U-Y.com. Fill out your information. We will connect with you. We have a virtual presence in over 340 cities. Excuse me, physical presence in 340 cities. Virtual presence now thanks to 2020. And we will get you connected. There's four boxes there. You can get connected to a one-on-one relationship, a small group relationship. You can join our national weekly call for young Christian business guys where we encourage each other, support each other, and uh, try to spur one one another on towards good deeds. Or there's a box here that says, I want to learn more about what it means to be a Christian. You can check that box. If you want to process that, if you want to talk through that, we love to have those types of conversations. We believe faith is not the absence of doubt, but it's the processing of doubt. So just visit that ycbguy.com and we'd love to get you connected. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC. I'm John Harrison, your host. Remember, stay on purpose and we'll see you next time. Take care.